Luke chapter 15 and verse number 8. The Bible reads, Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy, thank God, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you now for this time of worship. Thank you for the good songs of Zion that we've heard to prepare our hearts for the Word. And dear God, I pray that you'd let us worship during the Word of God and the preaching. I pray that you'd let us honor your precious name and lift you up. Dear God, I pray in Jesus' name now that you might undergird your servant, help us, give us liberty. God, give us power and unction from the Holy One. Dear God, I pray that by your power and by your might, you might bring forth your word out of your unworthy servant tonight. Dear God, I pray that you'd help us say exactly what you won't say tonight. God, I pray that you'd touch each heart, encourage your children. Help us to see, dear God, in this day we need revival. God, we need to get back to where we once was. Father, we need to get back to serving you and loving you. Dear God, and loving each other and loving others and reaching out with the gospel. And I pray that you'd help us to see that tonight through your word, Father, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As we look at this parable tonight, there's three parables that we find here in Luke chapter number 15. Uh, And all these parables that we're going to read, that we'll read in Luke chapter 15, it's a tripart parable. Uh, To answer the statement of the Pharisees, you'll find uh, in chapter number 2, or verse number 2 of this chapter, it said the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. So because of that statement, Jesus told these three parables to everyone that was listening, mostly to his disciples, that they could learn. So, in order to answer this, Jesus made the statements about sinners coming to God, about the importance of repentance, about the importance of us realizing that that's why Jesus came. The Son of Man's come to seek and to save that which was lost. The emphasis, I said, is on heaven's attitude toward repentance. I don't care whether it's a hundred, whether it's ten, or whether it's two. A one. Praise God. God desires that all of us repent. And it don't matter if it's a hundred, and it don't matter if it's one. Praise God. I like to see them get saved, don't you? I like to see people come to God. Now, I know I was supposed to told about Jamaica, and I kind of kind of slipped me. I'll do that when we get through tonight, if that's all right, preacher. Praise God. I, 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 I like to feel the Spirit of God. I love to preach in this place. Boy, I tell you what, I get, I get the jitters in my stomach. Uh, praise God. When God's Spirit begins to deal with me, and I get to come here to this house of God and preach, praise God, it's a wonderful place. Uh, but listen, there was joy in heaven over one sinner in these uh, in these parables that repented, just one. But God, that's the way that's the way He saves them anyway, ain't it? One at a time. 
Amen. On Thursday, there was five people in, in uh, Jamaica that come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I mean, they done business with God with their hands raised. Uh, praise God, they was ready to get saved. The Spirit of God had drawn them. We've been preaching on salvation all week. And those five came desiring and wanting to know God. Praise God, listen, when a sinner gets saved, the Bible said, praise God, there's joy in the presence of the angels. Hey, man, they're shouting and there's rejoicing. So if there's joy in heaven, why is there not joy in our hearts? Praise God, we can see people saved and sit there like a dot on a log and never praise God and never give Him glory. Honey, if that don't, if that don't fire you up your woods with if that don't get you to praising God, there's something wrong in your soul, praise God. I tell you, uh, uh, that's what this thing is all about. Now, in each one of these parables, we find that something's lost or something's missing. There's sheep that's lost. There's silver that's lost. And there's a son that's went out of the way and got lost away from his father. Let me ask you tonight, what are you missing? What's gone in your life? What have you stepped back away from that you used to have? Is there joy missing in your soul? When you come to the house of God, does it take you the whole service to get involved? Now the Bible said, praise God, like it says back here in the hallway, it says to enter into my courts with praise and with thanksgiving, to enter in with rejoicing. Well, praise God, if you enter with it, you got it before you come, ain't you? That's what God desires for us to have. But listen, the Bible said in Revelation 3 and 2, it says, Be watchful and strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. In in 2 John verse 8, it says, Look to yourselves that we lose not the things that we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. What are you missing tonight? What's gone in your life? Now, as I said, in every one of these parables, something's missing. Something's gone. But we find, (laughs) praise God, that all of those things that were missing, Jesus was seeking. Jesus, (laughs) thank God, aren't you glad there's a shepherd in our lives? Praise God that when one sheep leaves the fold, he's interested. He's concerned. Are we concerned about the people that's not here tonight? Are we really interested in those, uh, uh, those people that their name's on the roll and they never come to the house of God? Well, I tell you, that's a good place to start, preacher, I've found. When you want to start visiting, you want to start calling people and inviting people to come to the house of God, think about them that's not been here in a long time. Uh, you don't have to fuss at them. You don't have to preach them a sermon. Just say, we love you. We miss you. Praise God, we want to see you. Uh, listen, the Bible said, praise God, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, for we must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We'll give an account of every deed done in this body. Jesus looked on the multitudes and the Bible said he had compassion on them. You know what that word compassion really means? That word compassion really means your pain in my heart. Do we have that? Do we really have that? Listen, the Bible says here about this woman that she said she lost one piece, one coin. And she said, the Bible said she lit a candle and swept the house and sought diligently till she found it and asked her neighbors and all those to come in. You know, there's some things in your life that you can step back from. There's things in your life, I mean as a Christian, that can be gone. Listen, the fullness of God's Spirit. The Bible said, be you filled with the Spirit. 
Preacher, how many people in your church is full, uh, full of the Spirit? How many people in my church? I know that it's not a one-time thing. Listen, I know many times the Spirit of God fills you. But the Spirit of God, listen, when He fills you, that word means He controls you. How many people in our churches, if we just had a handful that was full of God's Spirit that would let God control them, what could we do, preacher? Listen, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22. Joy, peace, love, all those things. If you sear your conscience and you step away from God, you can lose the desire for those things. Amen. The fullness, the filling of God's Spirit. I mean, F-E-E-L-I-N-G. What do you feel when you come to God's house? Is your conscience seared? Is your heart hard? Can you feel it when the Spirit of God moves? Well, I've been in some services where I mean we was turning the house down. And you look back at some people and they was like, I'm talking about the feeling of God's yeah. Spirit. I know we can't go but feel it, but praise God, we can feel as we go. Yeah. I wouldn't give you a run over nickel for something I could feel in my soul. Man's made up of emotions, and that's what God deals with. That's how God gets your heart, is by your emotional makeup. Some people cry, some people laugh, some people shout, some people run. Whatever your emotion is that God puts on you, whatever makeup, now people in my church, are kind of quiet. They cry most of the time. Don't shout much. They'll say amen. But they just don't shout hardly. I guess I won't have to shout enough for all of them. But praise God, them tears run. Amen. However it is that you worship, however it is that you feel God move, hey, listen, answer him when he, when he works on you. But we can lose the feeling of God's spirit. I've gotten cold and indifferent in my heart before, haven't you? Are you there now? Is that the way your makeup is right now? I mean, are you on fire for God right now? That's why you're going to have, that's why I'm preaching this message. That's why God sent this message tonight. This message on, is on the revival by recovery. Amen. We need to recover some things in our life if we're going to be revived. If we're going to move up, and brother, I tell you what, I need to move up, don't you? I need to get a little bit closer. I need to get on fire more for God in my life. So listen, uh, Revelation 2 and 4 says, I have somewhat against thee. Didn't say you'd lost your first love. He said you've left your first love. Is that where we're at? Is that what's going on in your life? Does it not matter to you as much anymore? About people that's lost about you? Does it not matter as much anymore? Is it not as important about the things of God? About reading your Bible as Chris was preaching this morning about studying and praying? Have you turned God aside? Are you leaving God out of the picture? Listen to me tonight. He said, I have somewhat against you. You've left that. You've walked away from that. It's not as important to you as it should be as it one time was. But in this parable, I said Jesus compares one sinner repenting to the recovery of this coin right here. The Bible said either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find this. Now, there's three things I want to point to you right quick. There was a realization here. Ha <laughs> 
Where are we at in this parable? The Bible said that what woman, if she realizes, if it comes to her realization that one of those pieces of silver is gone, what did she do? Where are we in this parable? The meaning of this coin is that either with a necklace or with a headband normally, they would put ten pieces of silver in that headband. When a woman was betrothed to be married, being engaged to be married was a a, a more serious thing than it is here today. I mean, she had given herself already to that person she's going to marry. And because she was engaged, her lover would give her this band and it had ten pieces of silver on it. And you see, silver in the Bible represents redemption. And the joy and the meaning of redemption. So it was a shame and a disgrace to her when her man that she was a spouse to had given her this headband and one of those pieces of silver went missing. People would look at that and say, Oh, have you been unfaithful? Listen to me now. This coin meant, uh, this coin meant a whole lot that had got missing out of this headband, you see. What's missing out of your redemption? What's missing out of your salvation? The psalmist said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. How important it is to you tonight to be in the house of God, around the people of God, and enjoying the things of God. Or is it just something that you do by occasion? Is it just something you do out of duty instead of love? Huh? This coin meant that she had a man that she was a spouse to, that she loved. <laughs> Listen, there was an, a, a, a betrothal that the Bible talks about. The Bible said we're a spouse as a chaste virgin to Christ. We're going to a wedding ceremony, preacher. Have we been faithful to that one that we're a spouse to. Listen, not only the meaning of the coin, <laughs> and matter of fact, this coin was a denarius, that meant it cost one day's labor for each one of those coins. But you see, that coin went missing. How did it, it was set fast, you see, in this band. How did it get missing? How did she know that it was missing? I was talking about the feelings of the Spirit a while ago. The Bible said it's dark, she had to light a candle. And she began to sweep. How did she know that that coin was gone? She failed it, didn't she? Hey, if you're saved by God's grace, you know it when you're out of place. You know it when something's wrong in your life, when something's wrong in your heart, when something's wrong with your redemption, when something's wrong with that love that you have toward that one you're a spouse to. Hey, listen. <laughs> Before it got lost, preacher, it got loose, didn't it? Are you listening to me? Hey, listen, it's a whole lot easier to, to fix something that's loose than to find something that's lost. Have you ever, uh, I know, preacher, what you're talking about. I've lost pieces off of a lawnmower and off of something I'm working on down the grass or in the leaves and go look. Man, it's, it's a terrible hard to find something when you lose it, ain't it? But if you just hold on to it, and when it gets loose, you go to fix it. It's a whole lot easier to fix something that's loose than to find something that you've lost. 
Oh, yeah. You know when something begins to get loose. Yeah, amen. amen. When Christians start getting loose, their dress will get a little loose. Yep. Won't it? Yep. Their manners will get a little yep. loose. Their language will get a little yep. loose. Yeah, the world will come and start coming in. And you'll get just a little bit loose in your thinking and you think, oh, it's all right. Everybody else is doing that. Huh? Everybody else is going there. Everybody else is listening to that kind of music. Why can't I do that? Why do I have to be different? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, come on now. Are you with me? Yeah. It's a lot easier to fix something that's loose than to find something that's lost. So this thing began to get loose. <laughs> And you see, in all three of these parables, there's somebody seeking for that which is lost. That coin got missing. <laughs> and the Bible says, What woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? See, when she realizes it's gone, and she realizes how much that meant to her, does it mean something to you to be a Christian? Yeah. Does it mean something to you to be named? To, the Bible said yeah. let everybody that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Uh-huh. Amen. Yeah. The Bible said we're the apple of his eye. Yeah. We're strange. We're a peculiar people. We're a people that's been set aside. That's why God said come you out from among them and be a separate people, saith the Lord. Touch not yeah. the unclean thing. And he said I'll receive you. Why a whole lot of people ain't got no joy in the house of God because they're dabbling, preacher. They're reaching out and dabbling with the world. They're wanting to stay on both sides of the fence. They're wanting to totter just a little bit. Praise God, that's what Elijah said, wasn't it? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Amen. If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, you serve him. That's what the writer of the Revelation said. John said, I would have just cold or hot. Because you're because you're neither one, I'm gonna spew you out of my mouth. Amen. God wants you on his side. But listen, not only was there a realization, you see, but I want to show you how she reacted. When she realized that piece was gone, the Bible said that when she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she found it. Now listen, the first way that she reacted was, was with confession. (laughs) Thank God she said, I have found the peace that I lost. Are you listening to me now? She said, come rejoice with me because I found the peace that my neighbor lost. (laughs) That my preacher lost. That my brother lost. No, she said, I found the peace that I lost. She confessed that it was her. Not my mother, not my brother, not my sister. It's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Boy, until it gets down to where God says, it's you. It's you. He calls your name. He points you out. He's got your number, honey. Listen, she said, I found the peace that I lost. Confession's good for the soul. Amen. You know why there's not much healing going on today? He said, confess your faults one to another. Yeah. That's, yeah. The, that's the condition that God gave about healing. Yeah. Confess your faults one to another. Yeah. Boy, it's one thing to get in the closet and confess to God, preacher, uh-huh. when nobody's listening. But when God puts it on your heart and you have a 
fought in your heart against somebody or somebody has one against you, when you have to go to them personally and individually, amen, and confess your fault to somebody, that's hard matter, ain't it? <laughs> well, yeah, she realized that she had lost it, so she confessed that. And not only did she react with confession, she reacted with illumination. What do you mean, preacher? The Bible said she lit a candle. What Brother Chris was preaching about this morning when he said, you've taken God for granted when you don't read and study your Bible. She lit a candle so she could find that which she had lost. You know what a lot of people do, preacher? (coughs) When you're preaching the word, it's a lamp to her feet and a light to her path. You know what most people are trying to do when you're preaching? (laughs) No, they don't want to hear because it convicts them. They don't want to be illuminated by the Word of God. And listen, it will. If you let it, the Word of God will light you up around. It said it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It'll be right here with you here and it'll be out there in the future. Listen, the Word of God will illuminate you. The Bible said she had to light a candle. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. That's why a lot of people don't want to hear the word of God when it's preached. I mean in sincerity and in truth, when people, when preachers get down on people's little pet peeves and sins, they don't want to hear that. Why? Because the darkness is being revealed. The light comes on, and the Bible said the darkness comprehended it not. In other words, it had to flee. The darkness had to run. You ever thought about why honky-tonks are always dark? (laughs) Oh, yeah, why those jip joints and those places of sin is always dark? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You see, God means means for his house to be a house of prayer. God means for his house to be a light on the hill. And God means for your life not to be under a bushel, but to be lit up. You understand? Praise God, have we lost that light? She, re- she reacted to that coin being gone, to that joy being gone, to that redemption being enjoyed. She turned the light on. And then notice also, praise God, she reacted with sanctification. Look at it. It said that she lit a candle and she began to sweep. No trouble with a whole lot of churches and preachers today, preacher. Ain't no broom in the house. Hey, what would your house look like if you didn't sweep it for a month, ladies? Oh, yeah. It'd be dirt piled up everywhere, wouldn't it? The Bible said she lit a candle and she began to sweep. I mean, preacher, what, <laughs> what a lot of people don't like when you start to get back in the corners, you know what I mean? When you take that light boy and shine it back in, there, in, that, in that little dark place and you flip, you flip the rug up and find all that that's under the rug. Uh-huh. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Praise God, we need a broom in the house of God. Yeah. Every once in a while, the man of God will get right down to where you live and start getting rid of the dirt. Hey, man, start sweeping. And not just sweep it up in a pile. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Dale's got one of them, th- one of them uh, dust pans with that little rubber thing on it. Boy, she can slap it right down there and get every bit of that. Yeah. 
You see, that's what, the way she reacted. She lit a candle, and boy, she began to sweep. She began to get rid of the dirt. She began to get down in every little nook and every little cranny. It was important to her that she had lost that piece of silver that symbolized her love for that one that she was going to marry, you see. Not only, not only did she re- react with confession, illumination, and sanctification. Notice, she reacted with determination. I mean, the Bible did say to run with patience the race is set before us and to lay aside every sin and the weight which does so easily beset us. Is that what it said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but listen, the Bible said... She began to sweep the house and seek diligently. So everywhere she was sweeping, everywhere she took that candle with her and began to sweep, she was looking. She was seeking. She was determined. Look what the Bible said. She, she, she uh, and seek diligently till she found it. And the Bible said when she had found it. In other words, she didn't quit until she found what was missing. The Bible says to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. That's not just talking to sinners, folks. That's talking to the child of God. I mean, when we realize something's missing in our lives, when we realize the fire and the power of God and the presence of God, it's not as real to us as at one time. Let me ask you a question. Do you love Jesus now as much as you did when you first got saved? Does it mean as much to you what God done for you now? Are you immune to amazing grace or does it mean what it one time did? Amen. I mean, you think about it. She sought diligently. This was important to her. She sought until she found it. Let me remind you of something. She lost that piece of silver. She recognized that. She said, I lost it. She took the responsibility on herself. Let me tell you something. Your spirituality, your walk with God is your responsibility. Not the preachers, not the church. Your attitude toward God is on you. Yep. Yep. I can't live your life for you. Right. What you do with what you have in the gospel is your responsibility. God don't sit up there on the throne and say, I'm going to make him holy. Boom, you're holy. Boom, you're holy. No, it's how you react to what God says to you is what makes you holy. That's what makes you sanctified and meet for the master's use. But listen, she sought that coin with determination. If we'll set our minds and our hearts on the things of God, uh, listen, the Bible said her set affection on things above. But notice she didn't quit. She didn't quit until she found what was missing. Let's look for a minute just at the recovery here. The Bible says here, when she found it, she called her neighbors, her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I, which was, which I had lost. 
which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. There's a recovery. (laughs) What kind of church would charity mission be if everybody was as spiritual as you are? What kind of church would you have if everybody was as close to God as you are? If everybody prayed like you do, if everybody studied their Bible like you do, if everybody backed the preacher like you do, if if everybody prayed for your neighbor like you do and interceded for the church here and the things of God, if everybody was as interested as you are, what kind of church would you have? Uh-huh. The Bible said it was personal with her. She lit the candle. She swept the house. She sought diligently. And listen, she saw the, re- uh, the results. Are you as close to God as you want to be? I said, are you as close to God as you want to be? Now I'm talking to you from my heart. When God gave me this message, I had to repent for two or three days before I could preach this, preacher. I'm not kidding. Hey, Sometimes when I preach it, I have to repent. Oh, yeah. Praise God. A preacher ain't worth his soul can't preach himself under conviction every once in a while. But listen, she done all those things till she found that piece of silver. It was personal with her. Are you where you need to be with God right now? I mean right now. Jesus might come before I get through here. Would you be in your heart and in your soul where you need to be to face God. We ought to ask ourselves that every day. Because Jesus could come at any day. There's nothing else that has to be fulfilled before Jesus comes. Listen, not only was it personal, but notice it was public, preacher. Now that's where the rubber meets the road, ain't it? The Bible said when she found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. <laughs> she called them together. She went to her neighbors and knocked on the door and said, Hey, that peace that I lost that was so important to me, come and rejoice with me. How long has it been since you invited somebody to church? Come rejoice with us. How long has it been really since you really got down and prayed earnestly for somebody that's lost? Come and go to the house of God. Man, you ought to see this crazy preacher we got. I mean, he'll tell stories like you ain't never heard. You ought to come with me. Amen. She went out publicly and called her friends. Didn't say where they saved or lost. She said, come and rejoice with me. Praise God. And listen, when you invite somebody to the house of God, Try to be right when you invite them. Yeah. Amen. Try to have your good worship clothes on. <laughs> Amen. Where they can see a difference. Where they can see something in you. Praise God. That make them want to come back. Make them want to have what you've got. She went out and she shared the good news that that which she was missing. <laughs> hey, listen. Do you ever go and tell somebody what God done for you since you've been saved? Amen. Amen. Hey, well, I tell you what, 
God's been good to me. I mean, God's been gracious to me. It was public. And noticed not only was there sharing, it said they were rejoicing. They were shouting. <laughs> Let me tell you the parallel of this, and I'll be through. The Bible said likewise. I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. See, he was making a parallel here. He was giving us a picture. He said, likewise. How important is one sinner to us? How important is it to us that God said to go in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in? How important is that to you? Has it been a week since you really shared the gospel with somebody? Boy, this preacher made a statement, and I had to think about this a long time, preacher. But you know, he was right. He said, if you're not in the business of sharing the gospel and sharing what God's done for you and witnessing of God's grace, you're not right with God. Didn't the Bible say that we're his ambassadors in Christ's stead? Didn't he already tell us to go in the highways and hedges? Did he not just already tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel every Christian? Does he have to say it again? Hey, listen. That preacher said, you're just not right with God. If you're not actively sharing your testimony or sharing the gospel. Hey, listen. You don't have to preach with sermon. You don't have to be a theologian. Praise God. You can tell them what God done for you. Amen. But she actively went out and shared the good news with all of her friends. And Jesus said, likewise, <laughs> likewise, I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels. How important is repentance to us? Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now, what crowd was attracted to Jesus? That's what the Pharisees had the problem with. He said, you sit down to eat with sinners. I'd like to take you to Jamaica down in the settlement just one time and see how they live in little huts made of pallets and rusty tin. The beds hung on chains off the floor so the water won't get to them. Might maybe eat one time a day. Nasty, filthy. Boy, if some of them come in right here in this building, would you look down your nose at them? They smell bad like some of them Jamaicans do. Had rum on their breath. What would you do? That's the biggest fault that my first church ever pastor had with me. Boy, I'd go in, I'd go out and get little snotty nosed youngins and buy shoes for them, buy little clothes for them, and spend, I was spending their money, you see. Oh, yeah, they didn't like that. <laughs> In this one church, this lady I was talking to, she said, 
you know, I, I had a disagreement with this other lady in the church. I said, you did? What happened? She said, we was going out and getting these little kids, and someone in the church complained about the way they were dressed. And she said, well, how much money do you think it would take to clothe, get some, these kids some new clothes and some shoes and everything? She said, ah, probably about $300. She pulled 150 out and said, here's my height. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't mount. Oh, well, wait a minute now. You're complaining about it. Let's do something about it. Amen. Yeah. The Bible said you see somebody naked or without food and just pass, pass by and said be clothed and yeah. be filled yeah. and be warmed yeah. and didn't do nothing yeah. about it. Yeah. That's why we're over there, preacher, yeah. preaching the gospel that people can be saved and trying to get them a place to worship and feed them little young'uns, praise yeah. God, and put some clothes on their back. Yes, sir. How important is that? We're going to stand before God one day with all of our finery and everything that we've got, preacher. And them little fellers is going to stand before God with us and say, you never mentioned him to me. Amen. Amen. God help us. How much blood's going to be running off the hands of the church of the living God when we stand before him? How important is it that we preach, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish? How important is it that we get everything right, you see, in place in our life so that we can reach out? Who are we trying to reach? Just inside these walls? On Friday night, we took the money, some of the money that this church gave and other churches give. We went out and bought ice cream and cake and pizza. <laughs> and they must have been 120 or 30 of them kids in there. I mean screaming to the top of their voice. Some of them had never had an ice cream cone. And boy, we fed them. <laughs> And we had a big time with them and give them sweeties. <laughs> Why did you spend money like that, preacher? Why not? Mm-hmm. How much of that do you have? Yeah. Yeah. Some of them had never had that. Yeah. And give them Coca-Colas and juice. Yeah. Praise God. And, give, and at the end of it, <laughs> they come up with these three gifts. Me and David and Marcus walked up. <laughs> And they'd put their little bit of money together, preacher, and bought us a shirt and bought us a pair of them Jamaican socks that's got 50 colors. <laughs> Glory to God, not that forever. You talk about something to get a hold of your heart now. Hey, man, when they didn't have it to give, they wanted the man of God to have something to remember them by. Because we're going to be going to another place. Yeah. Hallelujah. Who is it that we're trying to reach? One preacher said, the greatest missionary field in America or in the world today is the Baptist Church pew. Who are we trying to reach? What are we really doing? And the reason why I'm saying this, this parable tells us she sought diligently till she found that coin. (laughs) Do we have that same pharisaical attitude, like the Pharisees had, oh, you're eating, sitting down to meet with sinners. 
You're defiling yourself. I wouldn't go to them people. I know churches right now, folks, that don't want that kind of people in their church. That don't want them to enter in the door. Where would you be if it wasn't for the grace of God? I'd be out there somewhere in a ditch land drunk probably. Were it not for the grace of God. Listen. (laughs) I preached not long ago on what's God's opinion to you at my church out of Revelation 3. They say we're rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. God said you're poor and wretched, miserable, naked and blind. Now listen. What God's saying right here is, and this is the lesson. When we recover what we've lost, then God will use us to recover those that are lost. Is that the message? She she sought diligence. She found that coin. She rejoiced. And God said likewise. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angel over one sinner that repents. Let's bow our heads. What have you stepped away from tonight? What are you missing tonight? Is there some part of your life that's getting loose? You're ready to walk away from it, you're fixing to lose that part of your life that's so necessary. I'm going to open this altar for just a minute and give you just an opportunity for just a minute if you need to come and do business with God and talk with God and say, Lord, I want to be on fire. Lord, I want to have everything you've got. Lord, I want to have that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, I want that in my life. Lord, I want to be concerned about sinners and people that's going to hell. People that's out out of church where they should be. If you need to come pray just for a minute, we'll open the altar. If you need to come and do business with God.